Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Greetings, friends. Today, I'd like to continue to talk to you about the theme of hope being like the rocket fuel for life. If you've seen our picture that we've been using uh, for this series, it's a picture of a rocket standing uh, ready for launch or uh, just launching with a fire blazing out of its fuel tanks as it uh, takes off. And today I'd like to set the picture for you of that ignition that takes place when the rockets begin to fire and the the rocket begins to lift off the ground. But what happens in the moments just prior to liftoff? Well, that was a question that really began began to intrigue me. And I'd like to paint a picture for you. And I'd like you to bear with me and to begin to use your imagination to visualize this process with me because it sets the scene for what I'd like to continue to talk to us about. So picture with me the rocket standing ready and fueled on the launch pad. Now the camera cuts to mission control. The room bustling with highly qualified, highly prepared men and women. Acoustic panels line the walls and the ceiling. Computer screens are blinking with vital information. But the focus is on a countdown clock on the wall and a voice comes through the PA system. 30 seconds and counting. The tension and the anticipation in the room is so thick you can almost taste it. 20 seconds and counting. Everyone stares at the countdown clock Focus specifically on the task at hand. We have T minus 10, 9, ignition sequence starting. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have ignition. We have liftoff. Now, as exciting and as dramatic as that is, and I hope that you really got caught up in the moment with me, I'd like to ask you a question. What happened to 7 and 8? Well, you might be saying, Brett, what are you talking about? Well, as I listened to a countdown sequence that went all the way back to the Apollo mission, and I listened to it carefully, they counted out 10, 9, and the next thing they said wasn't 8. They said, ignition sequence starting. And that really got me thinking. There's no liftoff without a successful ignition sequence. It's easy to focus and to get caught up in the drama and excitement of the ignition and liftoff. But both are the results of meticulous planning and rehearsing of the ignition sequence. Got me thinking, do we have an ignition sequence in our spiritual lives? that launches us into the blessings of God? Absolutely. Our ignition sequence is living every day. 
with hearts that are soft toward God, ears that are tuned to hear His voice, feet that are ready to step out when He calls to us. Ignition for us as believers happens when faith and hope connect. And the result is heavenly power is released that's far beyond anything that this world can achieve. It's through the working of faith and hope in our lives that we connect with the Spirit of God, receive salvation, receive healing, receive the great and precious promises of God, receive grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. Renew our spiritual strength and stamina to run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint. Friends, today I'm talking to you about the dynamic duo of faith and hope. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13 says, And now abide faith, hope, love. These three but the greatest of these is love. Love sets the platform for faith and hope to operate. Love is not a what, but love is a who. Love is the very identity of God himself. Love is not just something that he has, but love is who God is. And when we understand who God is and that God is love and that He loves us, it's what inspires and imparts faith and hope into our hearts. The scripture says, now abide faith, hope, love. What does that word abide mean? Well, I looked it up in the Greek uh, dictionary of the Bible. And the word abide speaks about relationship. You see, there's a relationship, there's a connection between faith, hope, and love. There's a relationship and a connection but in my family between me and my wife and my wife and I and our children. we connected. We're in relationship. And faith, hope, and love are connected they form a vital relationship that cause us to be strong spiritually and to have a vital and healthy relationship with God and understanding of who God is and how He operates in our lives. The word abide also speaks about expectancy. You see, in my house, I have a certain expectation of how we relate to each other. We relate to each other from a place of love and acceptance. We support each other. We encourage each other. We spur each other on. We have that kind of relationship and it sets up an expectancy. Even when things are difficult and things are, and things are tough, I have an expectation. I know how we're going to get through it. We're going to pull together we're going to pray together. We're going to talk together. We're going to exercise our faith together. 
I've got an expectancy. The word abide also speaks about endurance. You see, when the love of God is secure in your heart and you are secure in His love for you, then you create an environment in your heart where faith and hope can flourish. If you are uncertain about the love of God for you and whether or not He accepts you, whether or not He loves you unconditionally, then you're also going to be uncertain in your faith and in your hope. That word abide also means to be to means endurance. So when we are secure in the love of God, our faith and our hope will endure. We will have the ability to endure and persevere in our faith, even when things are not easy, even when we go through tests and trials. That word abide means to remain. It says now abide. Some versions are going to say now remain faith, hope, love. That is God's heart for us, that we remain caught up each and every day in His love. And as we do that, and we experience His love, faith and hope are going to flourish in our hearts, and are going to cause us to be strong. I'd like to read for you from another passage, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is what? The substance of things hoped for. So can you see how faith and hope have got this dynamic relationship? How they work together? As a matter of fact, wherever you see faith operating in the Bible, hope is operating right alongside that faith, undergirding and supporting the faith. Wherever you see hope operating in the Bible, faith is going to be working right alongside that hope. Faith and hope, hope and faith. They work together. In that same chapter, in verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seeking. So, faith is believing that He is. Hope is believing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seeking. Our expectation that He is a rewarder is our hope in action. Our expectation empowers our faith and our faith empowers our hope. As I was thinking about the relationship of faith and hope and waiting on God, this phrase came to my heart. That faith brings your future hope into your present reality. But if our hope is not set, if we have no expectation of what God's will and purpose is, what He wants for us, 
then our faith has got nothing to act on. But if our hope is set based upon the will of God, based upon the word of God, then our faith can spring into action. Funny thing is that everyone believes that a lot of faith can do a lot. But you know, the Bible actually teaches that even a little bit of faith is enough to move a mountain. It's not about how much faith you have. It's about how much you do with the faith that you have. Use the faith that you have and it will naturally grow. We shouldn't wait for big opportunities to use our faith. We should rather simply choose to exercise our faith every day in many small ways. We will grow more through many small, consistent, daily acts of faith than through occasional inconsistent acts of faith. Let me ask you, what are you waiting for? Take the God-given faith that you have in your heart. Yes, you heard me. Did you know that the faith that you have is not something that you just have to work up? The Bible teaches that God gives to each one a measure of faith. So the faith that you have is given to you by a gift of God. That alone should encourage you. The Bible says that he knows how to give good gifts to his children. Therefore, we shouldn't look down on our faith and even doubt our faith. Many people worry that they don't have enough faith. But a far bigger problem is that we don't use the faith that we have nearly enough. Did you know that faith can't be overused? You can't run out of faith, but you can run out of vision. If you run out of vision, then your faith has got nothing to act on. What is your vision? Vision is what you expect, what you anticipate, and what you look forward to in your life based upon the promises of God. Let's take a look in scripture at someone who lived this out. I'd like to talk to you about the disciple Peter. And that night that Peter was together in the boat with the rest of the disciples, trying to row across the Sea of Galilee in the midst of a storm, the Bible tells us that that boat was being tossed about by the wind and the waves. But in the early hours of the morning, as they look out over the water, they see what seems to them to perhaps be a ghost, but it's Jesus walking on the water. And Peter calls out to him and says, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come. And Jesus answers him and says, come. And when he does, Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on the water in response to the command of Jesus. But let me ask you, what changed when Peter began to sink? I know many times we can 
assume there was a problem with his faith. Maybe his faith wasn't big enough. Well, I'd like to suggest to you that the problem wasn't his faith. His faith was working just fine when he got out of the boat. His faith was working just fine as he began to walk toward Jesus and walk on the water. It was when he looked at the wind and the waves that he changed his expectation. He lost his hope and then his faith had nothing to work on. When he began to anticipate that he was going to sink, that he was going to be overwhelmed by the storm and by the wind and the waves. His faith had no hope to work on and he began to sink. Friends, that's the importance of having and holding on to a God-given vision for our lives. And I really believe that to have a happy, healthy and strong faith We have to feed our faith on a daily diet of scripture-based hope. Scriptures that inspire hope and give us hope. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29.11 that he has given us a hope and a future. But if we only feed our mind and our spirits on the wind and the waves like Peter the circumstances of life, then our faith will have nothing to act on. You see, our faith is never going to be based upon the circumstances of our lives. Peter's expectation changed as his circumstances changed. But let me ask you, what sets your expectation every day? What sets your expectation, your anticipation for your marriage, for your family, for your finances, for your health? I'd like to paint a picture for a moment of a campfire. And I'm sure at some point you all have sat around a campfire. And we know that We need two important things for that campfire to succeed. We need the fuel and we need the fire. Let's compare that for a moment to faith and hope. If faith is like the fire, then hope is like the wood that feeds the fire. As long as you keep putting another log on the fire, it's going to keep on burning. And as long as we actively expect to see and experience the goodness of God, then we'll stay in the place of faith. Faith will continue to burn in our hearts. David understood this, which is why in Psalm 23 verse 6, he wrote, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can you hear David's expectation? Can you hear his anticipation of the kind of life he's going to live? He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. He was stirring up a God-given 
hope. He was setting the stage for his faith to flourish in his life. How powerful it's going to be for us in our lives if, like David, we say every day, Surely today goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David's hope, his expectation was set on the goodness of God. With everything within him, he believed and anticipated that the goodness of God, not the turmoil of men, would direct his life. And this great hope is what caused him to endure, to continue in the faith, to win many great battles, and to write many more beautiful psalms that still encourage us to this very day. We've spoken about Peter that night in the boat. But what about the rest of the disciples who stayed in the boat? Like Peter, they too heard Jesus say come. The difference is that they disqualified themselves. Perhaps they said to themselves, this word is not for me. And because they believed that that the word come that Jesus spoke out, that Jesus called out, did not apply to them, they had no vision or expectation of success. They had no confidence. Their faith had nothing to act on and they didn't even stand up or take the first step out of the boat. Friends, let's not make the same mistake. We'll only grow in our faith to the extent that we respond to his word. The disciples' whole lives were turned around by responding to three words Jesus spoke to them. Come, follow me. And today, as we hear God speaking to our hearts, calling out to us from within the storms of our lives, let's be sure to respond with the assurance of faith. Like Peter, let's immediately jump up and step out as we fix our eyes on Jesus and walk toward him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this, your word. Father, we thank you that you have given to each one of us a measure of faith. And that as we fill our hearts with your many great and precious promises, and we build our hope based upon your word, thank you, Lord, that our faith will have something to act on. I thank you, Lord, that the faith that we have is God-given, that the faith that you give us is sufficient to meet our every need. I thank you, Lord, that our faith and hope are grounded in your great love for us, in your great love for your people. I thank you, Lord, that love is not just something that you have, it's who you are, and that you passionately love 
each and every one of us. That you love us so much that you sent your one and only Son to die for us. That as we choose to believe in the name of Jesus and place our faith and hope in his name, that we will be saved. Thank you, Lord, for this great hope. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. Thank you, Lord, for your presence together with each one of us today. Thank you, Lord, that you love us and that you make a way for us today, this week, and this month. Thank you, Lord, that your plans for us are good plans, plans that will prosper us, give us hope and a future. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?